Father, we, we do thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Lord, as we just even think about today as we uh, would celebrate Father's Day, that ultimately that, that the gift of our fathers is a evidence of your grace, that, that your gifts point to your character, Lord, your unchanging character, that you do not change like shifting shadows, but Lord, the, the evidence of your goodness through what you've given us, Lord, that is a recognition that every good and perfect gift comes from you. You are the father of light. You are the one who does not change. You are the one who has always given good gifts to your people, Lord. And so we, we thank you for that. We thank you that, that well, Lord, is that we, and we pray that our, our hearts would be ultimately to recognize you as the good father, that our, our, the fathers we've had and experienced both in the blessings and in the difficulties that they bring is ultimately a picture is you are the one who knows what we need and provides for us. You are the, the perfect father for us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you that you are a father that, that cares about us as your children, not just that we would be on the list somewhere as your children, but you would care for, that, that we would become more and more like you. You would desire us to grow in, in a holiness and so that you would discipline us, Lord. You discipline us through our consciences and through your spirit and you discipline us through your people so that we could be disciplined for the purpose of godliness. And so we thank you that ultimately that demonstrates that you are a good father and you are our father. Lord, it demonstrates our citizenship and our, our, our nature as part of your family. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we have been talking about this aspect of the church, right? The church is a people, not a place. It's a regenerate people. It's an assembled people. And, and we've been talking about that the idea, though, of the church is not just about me, right? That's, it's, it's not just about what I can get for church, from the church or, or, or how the church benefits me. Um, that, that there's an aspect of the, the, the I needs the we, right? That there's an aspect of a, 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 of, a, of, a, of a community, of a congregation, of, a, um, of those that are members of one another, but it's also that there's something more than just the me and the we, right? That, 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 that the idea of the church is not just about us, that God is desiring to use his local church to make something visible to the world. He's making something that is invisible, visible, right? It's, it's like, a, like an embassy and declaring that, that, that citizenship of, of, of who represents the kingdom. And we looked at that in, in the sense of uh, membership. We also looked in the sense of discipline, that, that we focus oftentimes on discipline of that discipline is out of love for the person who is wayward. And that is true. We're going to see that reinforced in Matthew 18 today, that, that, that discipline is an act of love, right? We care for someone's soul enough that we would, we would do whatever it takes, even kick them out of membership to call them to repentance because what matters is not what things look like here. What matters is where they stand on the last day. Are they part of the sheep or part of the goats? Um, and so that is, it is an act of love for the person. It's an act, act of love for God out of obedience. But there's something more that 1 Corinthians brings to, to, to mind. And that is that, that church discipline and the purity of the church and, 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 and enacting a, a clear boundary of who's in the church and who's out of the church. What is it? What does a believer look like that is confessing and living out repentance and faith? And what are those that don't? Um, it is an act of love for the lost and for the world, right? That's what 1 Corinthians says, that, that, that what, what has happened is that when we don't make those boundaries, when there's not something different between the church and the world, then what we are is we're ruining our testimony of what the kingdom of God looks like. The kingdom of God is not made up of perfect 
perfect people, but it is made up of repentant people because we recognize that Jesus died for our sins. And so we have turned in, from our sins to faith in him and to say that the, 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 the church is just like the world in the sense that we're all just trying to do the best we can, and, and, but, but ultimately that there's no difference um, and, and, and to live in, in, in unrepentant sin, it is a, a false testimony um, to the world of what the kingdom is like. And so the, the, we see the importance of, you know, it's interesting that there's this aspect with this talk about church discipline is that, that we lose sight of that sometimes. For, for Paul, his most concern, he was not most concerned about the wayward sinner. He was not most concerned about uh, those, those issues. He was most concerned of what does this do to the testimony of Christ? What does this do to the witness of Christ? What does this do to the impact that the gospel can have on, on the watching world and, and, and what we do in, in making that visible? Yeah. I'm just thinking that was his, his, his thing hmm. when he was going after Christians because they were destroying the Jews. That's true. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, he's with that same gusto. Yeah. Preserve the home plan. Yeah. Well, you look at, there, you look at an aspect that, um, and you look at why is that? I mean, there, there are there are differences, old covenant, new covenant, right? But there are some uh, similarities. Even the, as I said, the, the fact that we talk, call, that Jesus called us the church, the this this congregation, this assembly, right? It, it is it, not that, that, that the church is not a replacement of Israel, but the picture of Israel that God has always worked through a people. God has worked not just through a people, but a distinct people. And God is saying, you are going to look different than everybody else. Because you are my people. It's a, it's a holy people. That there, there are some similarities. So Paul understood that in saying that when God works through his people, that, there are, that it's, a diff, it's different. It's not like the world. It's in the world, right? That we are to be salt and light. We are to, to, to love the world, to be, interact with the world so that they would hear the truth. But there's a difference. That when you come to Christ, there is something that is radically different. And so when we look at, at, at those who make up the, the, the church, right? The visible picture of that church, right? We're saying that there's something different there, right? And, 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 and that's displayed by the, the, the people that make up what is visible, what is visibly seen as, as in the local church. And so, yeah. So I, I think there's, I think so, so you, you, he's pulling some continuity from, from that there, yeah. <clears throat> I, I've never thought about it before. Yeah. Except in the Old Testament, it was a external physical boundary, right? That how did you know that they were part of the people of God? Because they looked weird. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that, that they wore different clothes, that they didn't shave parts of their face, that they, it, it was an external difference, right? Well, in the New Testament, it's not an external difference, it's an internal difference, but how do you tell the internal difference? But, but by the way, that, that it's not a, 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 a it's a lifestyle difference, right? It's not a. It's, it's not. It's a moral difference, not just a, um, um, a cultic. Maybe is the right word, right? A, a, a and, and the, some of those, those those clean, unclean practices and dress practices and and some of those those kind of cultic religious practices. It's not that. It's not that people know we're Christians because we wear a suit and tie, right? right? Or that we carry the big Bibles around, right? You know, I'm a Christian because I got my Bible with me. Right? That's who the Christians are. The Christians, it's, and so it's interesting, it's, that there's, it's a moral difference, but it's also, but it's, it's a, but when you start looking at the New Testament, it's also the aspect of, of, of what, what define, what makes that visible, it's within the church, right? Is it, that we start to define that this is what the kingdom ministry looks like, and, 
It's, it's the way that the church interacts with one another and the way we love one another and the way that we are in fellowship with one another and, and the differences of Jew and Gentile and, and, and together, that that is actually making it visible. It's, inter- it's interesting, right? And that's why I was going to go next is this aspect of well, what is it, what, one of these things that makes it visible, Ephesians, Ephesians 3, right? F- f- from Ephesians 2, it's the way that the church is unified, this, the, the, the way that I don't in particular by myself make as much of a, a demonstration of the visibility of the work of Christ as, as, as we do together and that unified together and that love, you know, John, right, John 13, right, that we love we have for one another. Um, but, but all that comes out of that experience of the gospel, which is why, you know, uh, church discipline is important. But anyway, just some interesting thoughts there. Yeah. There, yeah. There's another great Old Testament example of that in Isaiah 58. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It talks about the church that only, only meets on weekends. Mm-hmm. And uh, and only fast when required to, yeah. as opposed to the church who helps the poor, who mm-hmm. clothes those without clothes, who feeds the hungry. Yeah, uh, those are the one. That's it, it. Gives a great illustration of yeah. the difference. Yeah, uh, the true believer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about an act of piety, right? right. That there mm-hmm. that there's a, a difference in 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 lifestyle. Yeah. And that's what the quoted before us by some of the non-Christians. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look from from care for the poor, um, even you know, even the practice of of um, I, I, don't know, I don't remember what it's called, but basically, mo- what we would we would compare to modern day abortion, right? And that, that was very different for the church there, uh, and, and their value of life there, and 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 their value for one another there, and that they, and, and obviously also um, their 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 value for the um, their love for one another, to where that uh, I can't remember which which Roman. Um, Historian was talking about that they're like they, they have such such relationship with one another and they call each other brother and sister. It's like they're practicing incest, right? But there's the, there's this, this close love that they have for one another. That that, that the, the the boundaries of family were defined by by the family of God. And so yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, you, you'd hope, right? Yeah. But let's look. So the, the, what I wanted to do, as I said, is that. And I can't remember who, someone sitting over here asked the question, well, how do, how do we do that? Right? Maybe it was John. John always has some good questions. And this, how do we do this church discipline? How does that, that look? Because it's not as easy as, as Paul makes it look in 1 Corinthians 5. And it's true, right? This, this idea of how do, we, how do we mark this division of the inside and the outside of the church? How do we mark this through church discipline? Uh, but the, it's not always as easy as it seems. Now, with a guy who is in, in, in immoral relations with his stepmom, unrepentantly, that's probably an easy call. I mean, I don't think the elders probably, should, they should not have had too much discussion of, is that really a church? Is that, is that sin? I don't, I don't. <coughs> but there are some, most things are not that easy, right? Huh? There's a lot of issues that are very difficult. And that's why, you know, we, we can be thankful that, that, that most people would look first to Matthew 18. So turn to Matthew 18. And I was going to look here first, but I, I I think that um, this is the commonly, you know, the, the common um, scripture that's looked at with this, which is, is so important. But I, I do think that First Corinthians, Matthew 18 without First Corinthians 5 loses part of the heart of this. That the heart is for, um, the, it, this is not just a, a me and you thing. This is about our, our testimony, our witness to, to the world uh, about the, the kingdom of God. But Matthew 18 gives this, this practical description as Jesus gives here. Now, 
The other problem with Matthew 18 is often we start just at verse 15. But Matthew 18 is written in context, right? So, so we need to look backwards in context. So let's look at, think about Matthew 18 in context, right? And so if you start at the very beginning of Matthew 18, uh, that there's this, uh, this, this, this discussion of the disciples of who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, right? And so then what does Jesus do? What does he do there in verse 2? He takes a child and he says, unless you turn and become like children, not become a child, right? Childlike, not childish, right? So that there's something that is childlike that you're to, to, to become like. Um, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like, so what is it? What is this childlikeness? Well, in this passage, he's saying it's those who humble themselves like this child. Re- and, and recognizing, right, it's, it's, it's killing our pride and recognizing it's, it's, it's about faith, right, and trusting what Christ has done. Uh, about res- receiving Christ. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones to who believe in me. And so now what Jesus is doing, he's taking this metaphor of the child and he's extending it. It's not just about kids anymore. You guys notice that? So look there again, verse five. Whoever receives such one such child. Well, which child is he talking about? It's, it's those who become like these children, Right? Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me. He's not just talking about the physical children anymore. He's talking about the type of people who are childlike who believe in me. To sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fast around his neck than be drowned in the depth of the sea. I remember when I did children's ministries up at Calvin Crest, I loved just hammering counselors with that verse, right? Man, you better be careful what you do with these children. Now, there's a value to children, but, but that's, that's pulling this out of context. That what Jesus is talking here is not, this, this whole section is not about physical children. It's about spiritual children. Jesus is using a physical child as a metaphor to address this nature of, of spiritual childhood, in the, uh, childlike faith in the kingdom. That's what he's talking about here. And he's saying that the, the temptations are going to come, right? So see, we're moving beyond from just physical children that he's talking about woe to those who would cause those who would believe in Christ to stumble, right? But that, but that stumbling is going to come. So it's better for you to throw away your eye, right? Now, is he still talking about physical children here? See, he's moved along. He's moved along to talk about these spiritual children. That it's better, if your eye causes you to sin, to, to, to tear it out and throw it away. That, that sin is serious. We deal with sin, right? That, that um, should it be that, that, that I should sin because grace abounds? May it never be. Right? That because Christ has died, because I have faith in Christ, I deal with my sin. I turn to Christ who died for that sin and, and I repent. So see that you do, uh, do not despise one of these little ones. One, again, who are the little ones? It's not just, just physical children. He's talking in the context of spiritual children, anyone who has faith here. Look at verse 12. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone away, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one who went astray? Think of the context, right? The context is we're talking about God's spiritual children. And in that context, those spiritual children who are tempted to sin, to stray, right? So, so this parable of the lost sheep here fits perfectly with everything Jesus has been talking about. This is talking about children of God who have strayed, who have strayed and fallen into sin, 
right? Back to, you know, goes back to verse 6, who causes one of these who believe in me to sin. Verses 7 through 9, who have been tempted to sin. What happens if they actually fall into sin? That, well, Jesus says that in this parable, he runs after the one. Right now, it's interesting that Jesus likes this image of the shepherd and the sheep. In Luke, he uses this image for running after a non-Christian. But in Matthew, he's using this to run after someone who has, has faith. Right? So it's, it's, he's using this parable in two different ways. But here, he's using it of people who, who have faith. He runs after them. Right? So what does that look like to run after them? That's when we get to verse 15. Do you guys see how this, this passage, in, starting in verse 15, that we, we would talk about church discipline, is not just, a, it's not just a, in a handbook, right? Section, article three, section four, part two, right? This, this is within the context of Jesus' teaching about, about those who, who have placed their faith in Christ and what do we do when there is straying, when there's people straying into sin when they're stumbling. What does it look like to run after the one? That is what the context of uh, the context of this passage. Any questions there before we, we keep going? Questions, thoughts? Have you guys seen that before and how that fits in the context? I mean, this whole chapter flows together? Yeah. It's good to understand it's not we're trying to find fault with each other. Yes! And, and say, ah, I caught you. I'm going to report to you. Yes! I'm going to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, and even more than that, the, the, the desire in this is, is that picture of the shepherd running after the sheep. Yeah. Saying, I, I, I love you, I care for you, I don't want you to wander off. Because what happens when sheep wander off? They die. They die yeah. Right? If they don't have the, the care and the provision that's needed, that they are in danger of being eaten by wolves, they're in danger of not knowing where to get food and not go, knowing where to get water, they, 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 they die. Or at least they become incredibly endangered, right? In the sense of they become, you know, they, they starve, they become um, uh, dehydrated, they become, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, stalked by animals. And so th- there's, there's a, th- this, the desire is, 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 is out of care and out of love. Yeah. It's not, I'm going to go, it's not, I, it's not, I'm, I'm looking for people that I can go get, right? It's because, but there's a knowledge of, I, there, there's a knowledge and, and a care of who am I supposed to go after because I, I care for these people and I've committed myself to, to care for them. Yeah, Judy. Is there a difference between stumbles Uh, ESV actually has a footnote there that it's, it's it, that they footnote that it's the same. I think the same word causes to stumble. So. Okay. So straying is even different than that. I think context is talking sin here, right? He's talking sin. What is it? What is the context? Sin, stumble, stray. It it is falling into temptation, mm-hmm. right? Well, temptation is not sin. Fall, falling into temptation. Well, yeah, so it's giving into temptation, falling into temptation, um, you know, and we're going to see um, refusing to repent when, when you're there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's look at verse, starting in verse 15 here. So what does it look like? What does this act of love for one another look like when we, when we run after the one? Um, it's interesting, he starts, he starts with a conditional, right? How does verse 15 start with? If, right? So if, if your brother sins against you. So again, this is not, 
this is not, get back to Dave's point, this is not saying my job is to, is to sin hunt everyone's lives, right? That is not our job. But this is an if, and you can almost probably say when, right? When, because we're, we are sinners. We are going to sin against one another. Um, so, but let's, let's just break up. I mean, there's so much here. If who? Your brother, right? So this isn't just talking about anyone. We're talking about the, 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 your brother or your sister in Christ, right? Uh, so when we're saying, oh, my non-Christian neighbor sinned against me, well, without Christ, what are you expecting? Yeah. Right? The, the, there's an aspect of, of, sometimes I think we're so surprised by, by the world that the world would sin. And, 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 and it makes you go, you, you, we forget the gospel. We forget that without Christ, that's what we would be doing. I think that either because we are, maybe you were saved so young that you, you, know, did, did, you don't remember much, or we tend to forget what it was like before Christ, that why is it that I can live to righteousness? It's not because I'm smarter than those people. How could they act that way? What, if they could just be smart enough like me, right? They could just have less, enough self-control like me. Well, where does that, where does, where does that, 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 that self-control come from? It comes from Christ, right? Yeah. What about the brother who says he's a Christian and he maybe isn't? Well, and I think that's what you're looking at this being described here, right? So I, I, I think that you're saying that the people that we would, would, would call a brother, right? And then here, here's, here, let's see what, what, what's really there. So, yeah. So if a brother sins against you. Now, some, some translations have against you. Some translations don't have against you. Uh, because I believe some manuscripts, some of the man, Greek manuscripts we have say, if a brother sins... Some other manuscripts that we have say, if a brother sins against you. I'm trying to remember which translations. I think uh, ESV and King James have against you. Uh, CSB has it in a footnote. NASB doesn't include it at all, right? Anyone have it as a footnote? Okay. So, uh, so we, have, we basically have Greek manuscripts both with it included and with it omitted. Um, and I think that most translations are just honest about that. But if you think about it, that phrase against you, does it really change the nature of what's being talked about here? Is the main issue whether or not this is against you or not against you? Is, it, is, is Jesus' point here, you need to tell the difference between personal sin and impersonal sin? That's not the main point of the passage. If, again, if we look through Matthew 18, right? This, the point is about, is about sin and um, it's about when, when a fellow Christian is engaged in unrepentant sin, right? And, and oftentimes within the church, whether or not it's meant to affect you, it does affect you, right? The, 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 we even looked in, in David's prayer of repentance last week that, um, that sin never is just, doesn't, never, never hurts nobody, right? It always affects other people. Um, and so... Now, here's, here's, what's here's what's great. Is Jesus talking about every sin, right? So as we think about, just let's t take a step back here and think, what kind of sin is he talking about? Um, I I've told the story before um, where when a man and I were first married, um, we, we, out of a desire for communication, we kind of were treating everything as sin, Right, everything that was miscommunicated had to be apologized for and forgiven for, and and I mean to a point where it was just a little bit overblown, my dear. <laughs> <clears throat> but but you see, 
first of all, because not every miscommunication is sin. And, and second of all, when you look at this particular situation here, there is different... Th- this particular, what Jesus is talking about, is not talking about every single aspect of sin. Because let, let's think, think about... Let me, let me read the rest here. So, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, then tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Now, with that context, let's think about what is the type of sin that Jesus is talking about here. And and I would would go along with with Jonathan Lehman, and, and there's three categories if we're looking at Matthew 18, John, so John's question, I think it was last week, how, does this, how do we think about this practically? Because there's a lot of, you could say gray or a lot of confusing areas, right? How do you apply this? There's, there's some guidance that we're given here. First of all, we see that if we're going to engage on this type of sin, it's got to be some sort of something that's outward. This is, Jesus is talking about something outward. He's not saying, if you think your brother sinned against you, you think think he's got something in his heart against you. That's not what he's saying here, right? If you feel like your brother sinned against you, that's not what he said either, right? He's saying that there's something that's clear. There's something that's clear. There's something that's outward. As you go on to that second step, there is something that can be evidenced, right? You are bringing others in um, so that the charge may be established by the evidence right? Evidence. So we got to be careful. So, so Jesus is, when you look at things saying, yeah, we got to, we got to do Matthew 18 because someone is, is, um, someone's, you know, someone's prideful. Well, that's so, I mean, it's not that that's not a sin and that's not, not that it's not a sin that we need to deal with. But if you're just saying, I can see in their hearts, man, I see Dave's heart. And I know it's there. Well, it probably is, right? But, um, but, but, man, how do you evidence that? Now, there might be, when we look at the heart, right? When we think about our heart, right? Right, when we think about our hearts, Jesus says that out of the overflow, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there is ways that if, if we got pride... There is an outward expression sometimes, right? There are ways that, 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 uh, that you see in some of these lists of, of, of vices and sins in the New Testament. Look at, at things like contentiousness and division and, and some of those. You're going to see that there's, those are outward. But if we're saying, well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to discipline because I, I, I can see that this is, this is what's going on in there. Well... It, it, there's got to be an evidence, right? There's going to be, it's outward. So we're talking, so Jesus is giving some, some boundaries here to help us. It's, it's, it's something that's, that's outward. Uh, second, um, actually, this should be number one. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to reverse my, there we go. Uh, it's unrepentant, right? That's got to be the first one. Throughout the whole time, the goal is repentance, right? The goal is if this person turns, the whole goal of this whole process is restoration, Right? The whole goal of the process is that someone would be showing that they walk with Christ. 1 John 1. 1 John 1 describes that, yes, we all sin. The person who says that you're not a sinner is, is lying, right? He's deceiving yourself. But true Christians repent. 
The difference between those who walk in darkness and walk in light are those who, who walk or have a pattern of walking in light are, 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 are have that show that pattern that they're worried, they're fighting to walk in the light. They are repenting because Jesus died for our sins. That's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is repentance. Is there repentance? And so that's so is it so if there's repentance, then 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 that's, you know you've gained your brother in, in Jesus' terms there. Here's the third one. And, and, and I, I'm sorry. Yeah. So unrepentant, if, it, if it's like a continual thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the person knows it's a sin, but yet continues to down that path. Yeah, I would say mm, that is is one of the most difficult. Or, yeah. yeah. Or the people that says, yeah, I repent, and then does it again. Okay, yeah. I repent. Then I think that's a, that's a good point. And I would say, and, and, and not, not, I don't want to speak for the elders, but I, in my experience of being on the elder board, that's one of the most difficult yeah. situations, mm-hmm. right? Of, of how do you look when, the, how, do you tell, how do you tell where there's genuine repentance? Because you also look that, that um, I mean, I've, I've worked with people who are genuinely fighting, right? And they just keep stumbling, but, they, 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 but they're, they're fighting. They're willing to listen to counsel. They're willing yeah. to, to do these things. But how, how, do, you, how do you see that, that evidence of that? And that, that, that can be tough, right? Um, I think there's some things that are clear. If someone's not willing to fight at all, Right, I mean, I, I think yeah, it's very, very, not, very obvious. Yeah. I think that if someone you, you see that obviously is is growing and um, you know and, and seeing evidence of that, it's, you know, quick evidence of of, of of having victory over sin. But you look at well, how do you how do you tell if if a, a how much fruit does a tree have to have for it to be fruitful? <laughs> and sometimes it can take a while for that one to come. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes that first fruit, it's not very pretty. Right I, now, I'm not a, I'm not a gardener. My wife knows this. Um, I, to the shame of my family, who who are, are full of gar- we're full of gardeners, and and, and 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 my grandma owned a farm. I mean, my my my. But it, it's it's. Um, but you know, I know enough to know that sometimes that those those first batches of fruit, they're not super plump and ripe and and, and juicy. Right? Sometimes they're just little. Right. Who was it? Was it Greg? Someone was saying that, or someone is saying they're getting their first fruit, and it's just like these little tiny things, right? But it's fruit, and so it's so difficult, right? It's saying, um, and and and, uh, and so I think that, that that trying to say, well, is there fruit? Is it? It might be little. It might be very little. It might be um, kind of kind of uh, not very not very uh, um, full, not very much. But is there some? Is there fruit? Is there some some evidence of grace that's working there? But it, it is difficult when it's practical. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think what you, well, I, I think, I think when you're looking at first fruit, right, you're, well, you're looking at same, same word, same word, different context, right? When, when Jesus is talking about uh, bearing fruit, keeping, or Paul, I guess, right? Bearing fruit and keeping with repentance, right? I'm not sure that, it, it, same word, but it's fruit, fruit, right? But I'm not sure in the different context of this aspect of, of first fruits and, 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 and um, stewardship and, and sacrificial giving and some other things there. Yeah, I think a, a simple example of the repentant is you know, someone's dealing with addiction. Yeah. yeah. And it just takes a quick it's little step. It's powerful, too. Quick little step in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. If they call you and say, I'm sorry, I, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Did drugs again or whatever it is. You know, yeah. yeah. 
I, I, you look at drugs and alcohol. Um, honestly, a, a lot of guys that I've worked with with pornography, how do you know? Because, man, they get sucked back in so quick. And then, and, and then they, they repent. They, there's fight. And is, is there fruit? You know? And so for me, it's saying, man, I want to look for fruit. I want to look, even if, it's a, even if it's a little scrawny thing, right? How do you know if you should dig up that tree in your backyard or not? Right? You know, it, it's saying, is there, is there some fruit? Man, maybe it's scrawny. But if they're scrawny and you keep, you, you keep tending to it, it starts to produce more and more each season, right? And a little bit better and better fruit each season. And, and so, um, and, and that's what you're, you, want to be, you want to be hopeful. And that's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit aspect of love, right? Believes all things, hopes all things, trusts all things, right? First Corinthians 13, so, yeah. When, when I, I mean, it's, it, it's difficult. We're looking at wisdom here, right? Um, I know that when I, typically, not all the time, when I counsel, I, I think that, and, and you, took, you took the ACBC training, and I think one of the things that um, Jay Adams, who was a, a founder of that counseling movement, was really good in the sense of um, the, giving some sort of sanctification work, yeah. right? And, and, and so that... that so, and I tend to do that when I work with people in sense of saying like, here, here's, here's what I want, here's what I want you to be doing and working on this week. And, and so if there's someone, man, if they, if they, if they, um, they, they fell, they, they fell a few times, but they're, they, they actually were trying to do what, 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 what God would have them to do. I, I think that, 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 that's little, right? Like, okay. Man, there's a lot of dead branches and things here, but oh, there's a little fruit there. Well, now let's let's continue to continue to, to grow and, and nurture that. And um, I, I guess that's that's what I see. So I I will usually try to in my relationships. Now it's easier for me, like with a past as a pastor and stuff, to, to give some 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 some, um, uh, some aspects there. But I think even if I was with, uh, giving someone just brother to brother and accountability, right, in the sense of. Um, you know, I think there's things you can do, right? And I, I think of guys of saying, like, next time you feel tempted, I need you to, I need you to call or text me, yeah. right? And and um, and in the sense of, again, if they if they if they fall into temptation that week, but if they if they've done that once or twice, there's there's a little there's a little something there. there there's a desire, yeah. a desire. They're they're trying to fight their and battle their sin, yeah. right? They might not be very good at it yet, yeah. but they're trying. Right. Um, I mean, and, and for a lot of people it's saying you got to show up at church, if you're not hearing the word and if you're not in fellowship with the word, um, then then everything else we're doing is is, 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 is going to lose. It. So th- there's there's a little bit of things and then and then build building on that. Right. Um, and so I, so I, it's, it's different. But those are some of the things that I've used personally. I don't know if that, that's helpful. So, um, yeah. Thoughts, other thoughts. I think you said yeah. something really important about showing up, mm-hmm. okay, and then the element of time of uh, showing up and trying. You might take one step forward, two mm-hmm. back, then you keep turn because you know curves go mm-hmm. up, is up and down. Uh, but I found too that uh, uh, one thing in working with somebody, if they uh, don't somehow surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. they will never be able to conquer that sin mm-hmm. on their own. Yeah. It takes the Holy Spirit complete surrender to him yeah. to work through me to stop me from sin. Yeah, I, I think that that's a huge part, but I also think it's a huge part, as you're saying, working with guys and, 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 and just brothers and sisters, 
if, you know, Galatians 6 talks about bearing this boulder of, of temptation. And there are some times that we, we kind of get distracted at other things and we're surprised when people start to struggle and saying, well, yeah, because it's, it's a boulder that's too much big for them to bear alone, that they need one another. And, and, and so, um, and so I, I just think keeping those things in mind of, of being realistic in those. But I, I don't know if that, that helps. But, um, but let, me, let me go to the third category that Jesus is talking about here. And this is one I've, I've debated and, and just wrestling with the text, I'm, I'm confident is there. I, I, I want to say it's, it's, it's a sin that's serious. Now, what do I mean by serious? It is a sin that affects the reputation of Christ. Right, that there, that there is something here that, 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 and this comes back to tying to 1 Corinthians 15, the aspect of with, with this person refusing to repent, the way that they're living is they are living like a Gentile or tax collector. That they are, are, are seriously putting into question their, um, their profession of faith. That there is an aspect of that that, that, that needs to be kept in, in mind. Right, that, that that this is living like the world, which, which it goes a little bit with this that, this outward inward. Right? I mean, I don't know. I haven't been here, you know, since the history of the church. I don't think we've ever disciplined someone for pride, right? But but there's an aspect of um, well, what how what is the what is that exactly the outworking of that? Right? Is it is it affecting to where it, they're they're looking like a gentile or a tax collector in that? And so. Um, and so I think that when you look at those, how, how Jesus describes what's being engaged here, before you even look at the steps, you just have to think through things of, are they repentant? They're repentant. Why are we dragging this, this through? The, the whole goal is repentance. Is this something that I think I can, well, I, I think that this is what they're feeling. And I think this is what they're thinking. I think this is what's in their heart. Or is there, there's, there's an outward evidence that, that we're looking at here. And is this, you know, calling into question their, 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 love, for, their love for the Savior? And so, questions there? Yeah, Bob. Okay. And that's the word gossip. Okay. And so often people will start off mm-hmm. at eighteen fifteen. I think gossip is where you open your mouth. Mm. And I remember we were talking with a small group I was in that was a ministry group. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm gonna lay out some things very first. If you've got a problem with somebody's church, mm-hmm. one on one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, and, and, it tears yeah. Me down. yeah. Well, and even more than that, you look at Jesus's specific instructions. We go from there. He is very concerned of keeping the circle as small as possible, as long as possible. Right. You look at these steps. That the first is engaging personally, and he even emphasizes just you and him alone. Right. That that this is not a yeah. I addressed him alone, but I'm going to tell my Bible study. Hey, let's pray for so and so because I got to go confront him. Well, there's a problem with what Jesus just said here, right? That the first step is, is trying to go you and him alone. The first step is not, I got to go tell the pastor. The first is not, step is not, I got to go tell an elder. The first is not, not, I got to go get prayer for this person for my Bible study. The first step is that no one else is knowing. It's, it's between you and your brother or your sister alone, right? To tell them their fault, to help them see what it means of what you see the sin is. In most cases, that, that deals with it, Right? Is it that, that you, don't, you don't have to, 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 to bring the church gossip mill into it? Is it, it you see the repentance and he says you've won your brother, right? That doesn't mean you can't go to the pastor and say, I'm having an issue. Pray for me, I am going to talk to them. Sure, yeah. I, I, I you would, don't have to talk about it. Yes. You can say, 
cover me in prayer as I go, that Christ yes. would lead me through it. But it's different than saying, hey, pray for me. Dave, last week when we were having coffee, he was using some foul language, and so I got to go talk to Dave today because have you noticed Dave's language has been really bad recently? And, I mean, you, you see, there's a, diff- there's a difference there. If, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having to, to follow up with a, with a sister in Christ um, would you, would, you know, on, on some, some areas of sin that I see, will you pray for me? Which is different than, than trying to, to bring all the details in, right? And so, but that, yes. Yes, yes. But just being honest, even for me, that's just not our tendency. Our, our tendency, is, as Bob is saying, is to bring in details that aren't necessarily needed. Yeah. yeah. And I also found that I'm a, like an accountability brother. Mm. And I found that we talk to each other, and sometimes, uh, you know, we don't even realize we're doing things that are sinful. Oh, yeah. And it's great to have somebody come and tell you that. Yeah. Because, you know, I think the enemy is really cunning. Yeah. He'll find our weakness without us even knowing yeah. and lead us down a path. Yeah. So, I, I think that's part of the one-on-one, too. Yeah. So, I think through, through Hebrews is that picture of that, that sin is deceitful. Yeah. And we, we, are, we are, 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 can be more easy. To think that we are beyond the, 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 the susceptibility to temptation is foolish. Right, and so we need uh, we we need that the, the the means of grace, and one of those is other people in our lives to be able to, to, to show us those things. Yeah. So, okay, let me sum this up because uh, I I got We got to wrap it up so you can move on. So, and then so what we see is you engage personally. Then you then if that doesn't work, then you engage collectively. Right, you bring other people. He doesn't say who. He doesn't say who you bring, but they're to, 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 to establish the details, the evidence. So they might be establishing the evidence of the charge of, is this person really under sin? They thought this person sinned, but you may come along and say, that, they were pretty dumb to do that, but that wasn't sin. That was foolish. Maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but that wasn't sin. Or it might be establishment of the charge that, that, that now you have multiple people saying, yes, this is sin, and yes, they are refusing to repent. And then, it's, then you bring it to it congregationally. Right, and we're going to talk about that uh, more uh, in the coming weeks. Of it is interesting that, that, that the next steps, and not that the elders are not involved by implication. If we combine, if we put in scripture as a whole, we see that yes, leadership is involved. That there's going to be leadership in the process. But those who would engage next is the congregation. I, I like John MacArthur's comments on this verse. The reference there in verse 17 is not to a committee a board, or other group of leaders, but to the entire body. There is no higher court beyond the local congregation in which discipline is to be administered. To delegate discipline to an individual group beyond the church is to go beyond the word of God. So it is the job of the church, then, to to engage uh, as a congregation to call to repent. Right to to let him be to you as a Gentile or tax collector. We are not shunning right them, but what we are is we are saying as a church we can't treat you like a Christian anymore. And, and here's the thing: the church as a whole, the, the leadership of the church, they can enact. Okay, we're taking them off the membership list. That doesn't do anything. What does something is saying as a church we've decided that our relationship with this person is, has to change, as we desire to call them to repentance. Um, that's why as you're going to look at Dever and his things next week, he's saying, listen, that, that whether or not the church actually votes on removing people from membership, they're going to vote by the way they act, right? In the sense of, you know, if, whether or not a church actually votes for removal of membership, if the church does not have a, whether they have issues with that and voting or whether they just say, well, the, the elders may have decided that, but when I get together with them, I'm, nothing's going to change. It, 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 
that, that, that are the goal is that you want to engage in that process because the, the people who are going to bring about the repentance is not a Excel sheet decision. It's a relationship impact. Does that, that make sense? Is that what makes an impact to bring people to repentance is the fact that saying, yeah, we will hang out with you, but, but everyone from the church has agreed that we can't treat you like a believer anymore. And so, and, and because we would desire for you to repent and to have, to, to uh, be restored to, to the Lord. And so I'm summing up a lot there. Uh, questions that I didn't make anything, that I didn't make clear there? No? Yes? You know, you say uh, hanging out. Uh, you got to be careful about that too because mm. that person's sin could sneak in and bring you into it could, but it's interesting. It says treat him like a Gentile and a tax collector. Treat him like an unbeliever, right? Exactly. And which is, means that you have relationship, right? The sense of, as we, elders have talked, is that when we church discipline, it's not saying we don't, you can't come into the church. We want you to come to church because we want you to, to hear the gospel. But we're going to ask that you don't com- take communion because communion is for believers. We're going to, when, when we get together, that we, we're not going to have the same type of fellowship that, as, as brothers, that, we, that kind of close, intimate fellowship that, you know what, we may not even talk to what each other for a while, but there's a closeness here because just because of our common love for Christ. But by your life, you've shown that you don't love Christ. And so we can't, we can't have that same type of relationship. Our relationship changes, right? Um, but, but in that, as I'm, tr- I'm trying to, to appeal, the way I would desire to be an impact in the relationship of, of a non-Christian friend is that I would desire to have an impact in their lives as well. So, yeah. Other thoughts, questions, comments? And what I want to do is I want to set that up in this aspect is that, um, there, and, and, and we can continue the discussion, um, the video next week and then in two weeks as I get back, I have this discussion of looking at, it's saying, this is beyond, the elders, elders are called to lead. Elders are called to lead and to, and, and to drive the bus on this process. But the issue is that for, for this to be effective, to be able to do what Jesus is called to do and making this visible, it is an every member responsibility. Right? Is it every member's responsibility to, to live this out? In the same way, um, you know, the, we didn't have time to get to the other passages, but as you look at Ephesians 3 and John 13, that, that the way, another way that we show that, that, we are, that there's something different is the way that the unity that's come from the body, the love that we have for one another. Again, that's an every member responsibility. And, and, and so um, that, that, that we, our testimony is as we live out our, our lives as the church, that we are the testimony to the watching world of, of the Christ. Yeah. No. To verify no, I, Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't doesn't even specify, right? He says two or three others, or what, yeah. And so those could be um, could be it could be anyone. But I would say that if now now if we're to take the scripture as a whole and we start thinking through what is First Timothy and, and Titus speak about elders, that probably somewhere in between that 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 collective discipline and that congregational discipline, obviously the elders are involved in there. But what we're doing is we're, we're trying to take these, these scriptures, because then again, First Timothy doesn't talk much about church discipline, right? So you have to take scripture as a whole as we look at how do we put this in the church, so how do we put those together? So, yeah. So witnesses yes. Establish, uh, uh, Jesus' words, right, was I think establish the evidence of the charge, right? Is that so? There's some sort of establishing, right? There's some sort of establishment. There's some sort of of a uh, when they come through that there's an agreement as they uh, that they're that they're that this is this is sin. It, it's uh, outward, unrepentant, serious, and that it, and and that it, it needs to continue to be dealt with. And so. 
Yeah, I think it's part of it, right? That's part of it. Is, is there genuinely unrepentance? Have they genuinely been confronted? Is there is this person claiming that there's un, are they unrepentant, or is it just a miscommunication in that? And and so, yeah. I think there's twofold of 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 evidence of evidence of that and establishment of that. So yeah. All right, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the, that you do bring us into your people. We were once not a people, become part of your people, Lord, and, and ultimately, Lord, for, for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.